This is Write Your Own Story, Three Keys to Rise and Thrive in Life and Business. I'm your host, Rebecca Fleetwood-Hessian. I was going to open this episode by me singing, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. And then I said to myself, don't do that because once they hear you sing, they'll click to something else. (laughs) But here it is. The holidays are coming, y'all. And so I figured we might as well enter into this holiday season with great intention. Let's set some expectations for how we want the holidays to feel, not how we want them to be, not what we want to do, but let's just take a little different twist on the holidays this year. I actually put out some of this in an monthly newsletter that I have. If you would like to receive those, send me a message. Say, sign me up for that newsletter thing. Rebecca at wethrive.live or message me on whatever social platform that we might be uh, following each other on. Just let me know. We'll add you to the list. But I want to get ahead of the frenetic feeling that the holidays can bring by setting some intention. And what really gave me this idea that this was important is a roundabout kind of way, but it also has a a fun message to it. I have a new client who is so fun. I love her so much. She's from the St. Louis area. And when she contacted me about coaching, she said, hey, I've been reading your book and I am loving it. And it's really speaking to me. But I knew I needed to reach out to you when I got to the Santa plate story. So I'm going to read you the Santa plate story because it is just timely and relevant for this time of year. Oh, and P.S., speaking of this client, if you are in the St. Louis area or you have a remote opportunity for an executive CHRO kind of person, oh, my Lord, do I have somebody to introduce you to this new client of mine. Anyway, I digress. Here we go. This is um, chapter 14 under the heading, Do Less Better. There's the theme. There's the theme that we're going to run through on this episode, but I'm first going to read you the story. I remember the first Christmas I hosted. I love a good party. We were living in the first house we owned, and I was going to rock this thing. I began preparing, creating menus, and setting out all the decorations weeks before the big day. I had worked myself into a tizzy. Checking lists, writing more lists. The more I worked, the more ideas I had to make it better. The night before the big shindig, just before 2 a.m., I was in our dingy basement near tears, rooting through boxes, looking for this damn Santa plate. Cussing and frustrated, I stomped up the stairs. My then-husband... This is not why we divorced, by the way. Was shutting off the TV and heading to bed. He looked at me and without shouting back said, you know you're the only one that cares about that damn Santa plate and no one but you will notice it's not there. Go to bed. Of course he was right. No, I didn't want to hear it. I wanted the damn Santa plate. For the record, I did not go to bed as he suggested. I did keep looking for the plate and finally found it. It added absolutely nothing to the celebration. It did cost me about three hours of sleep and an unnecessary spike in my cortisol level. As I reflected on this, I had to ask myself, who was I doing all this for? If I'm honest, I was showing off my new house and my mad hosting skills. If I had been thinking more about connecting with my guests and my family, I would have let the Santa plate go and gotten more sleep. 
So I was a more inviting and well-rested hostess. So that's the premise for the episode today is, are we hosting or are we gathering? And there's a distinct difference. What I was describing with the Santa plate scenario is hosting. I'm going to make all of this beautiful and I'm going to invite you into whatever. Gathering is thinking about the connection that you want to have with your guests and you want your guests to have with each other. And so about, I don't know, eight years after the Santa plate life, we moved into a new house. We built a new home. We had this beautiful house on 23 acres. I mean, it was amazing. And we, of course, then hosted everything. And people loved coming to our beautiful home. We had 23 acres and a lake and woods. And it was just, oh my gosh. I could just be like Martha Stewart in this place, minus the jail time. And I did. I I love to decorate. Oh, you guys, I love it. I love it. And so I decorate because I love it now, not because I want someone to see how great it is. That distinction already made a big difference. So when you do things out of obligation, the stress that it brings and the energy that it brings, mm, not good. So what I learned as we just were hosting everything from baby showers to graduation dinners to the holidays, like our place was was the place that we hosted everything. I started to pay more attention to this difference between hosting and gathering. I read a book called The Art of Gathering because I got really fascinated by my own thoughts and behaviors about some of these events that we were hosting. And what I realized was that when you make the place just too good, everything in its place, it's just not comfortable. It doesn't say, come in and sit down and make yourself at home. And so I started paying more attention to thinking about if I was a guest walking into this event, how would I want it to feel? Not how I wanted it to look, not anything but how I wanted them to feel. And it really shifted things for me. And I still decorate and make things beautiful, but I I do it through the lens of how do I want to feel and how do I want them to feel. So I have some ideas for you today, some things that have worked really well for me. But first, I'd like for you to spend some time this month prior to Thanksgiving and rolling into, you know, December, all of all of the fanfare and and then finally collapsing into two years, I'd like you to take some time thinking about how you want your holiday season to feel. And the easiest way to distill that down is to think of three words that describe the holidays that you want to have. And so a couple of either journal exercises or just things to think about while you're alone in your car. You know, sometimes that's the best place to get our stillness time. Think about it being January the 7th and you are sitting on your couch, drinking a cup of tea on some given Saturday or Sunday, reflecting back on the holiday season. How do you want it to feel? 
What do you want to look back on? What do you want to be thinking about? That's a good way to set some expectations. Another thing you may want to reflect on is your own best memories of the holidays. It could be from your childhood. It could be from your 20s. It could be from last year. I don't know. But just reflect back and ask yourself, what are some of my favorite holiday memories? And what was happening? And what were we doing or feeling or experiencing? Or maybe what wasn't happening? And I don't know what that is for you, but you do. And if we spend some time in these next couple of weeks doing some reflection, you know, I love me some reflection and connection. If we do some reflection and set some intention and some expectations, I just have to believe that we'll have better connection from spending that time. Because what I know to be true is the best gatherings have a relaxed person who put it together, not the frenetic, where's the damn Santa plate vibes. Because stress is really not all that welcoming. (laughs) And so if you're bringing people into your home or if you're showing up as a guest, if your energy is some big ball of stress, that's just not very welcoming and gathering. So now is the time that we want to really double down on understanding our nervous system and giving ourselves stillness and getting our walks in with movement and nature and whatever it is for you that brings your energy, your stress down. And I think if we, and I think, actually, no, I know that when we spend time setting intention and expectation about anything, we then are able to align the right people and things and activities that give us that feeling that we want. And I want you to be prepared that it may look differently than it has in the past. And that's okay. But here's the thing about holidays. What you don't want to do is do all this reflection work and set these intentions in isolation and then spring it on your family that there's going to be a dramatic change in the holidays this year. (laughs) Look, I say these things laughing because I've done all these things. And so I come to you with love and respect, and the wise counsel of somebody that has messed up some of these um, holidays and events. And so I'm I'm really just, you know, here to share with you the, <laughs> the best practices and don't, don't do what I did on some of these things. And, and because we are just a function of the patterns of our past. And so while you may have done some of this reflection time in isolation. Others aren't on board yet. And so if you go in just changing all of their patterns because you've decided, oh Lord have mercy, it doesn't go well. Better to do some of this reflection on your own. Decide, are there some things that maybe you might want to shift? And then before you share any of that with the others, whoever the others are, 
ask them to do some of their own reflection and just keep it simple. Don't pass out journals to everyone and tell them, like, just don't. Instead, just ask them the question. Send the text. Just make it make it easy, breezy, conversational. Hey, I've been thinking about the holidays and what our plans are for this year. And I just was wondering, how do you want the holidays to feel this year? Another question you can ask is, what are your top three things that we do as a family or as a friend, whatever, whatever, whoever your people are? What are the top three things that we do for the holidays that are really important to you? And then just gather that information for yourself and be prepared to be surprised that what matters to them may not matter to you as much, but you're gathering the information you need. These are your, in a business terms, these are your key stakeholders for the holidays. And you may find that some events or things that you have really been a stickler on, nobody else cares about but you. And maybe those are the ones that give you the opportunity to pair back. Let some things go so you can do less better. And some of the things that they really care about, you don't as much. But because you love them and they care about them, you might do them with a different feeling, a different level of investment in your emotional bandwidth for those activities. Who knows how it's going to go? But if we spend some time just asking some of these high-level questions, then we can start to plan the activities around these intentions of how we want it to feel. Don't ask the question, so what do you want to do this year for the holidays? Mm, not, Not doing. Not doing. How do we want it to feel? What are the things, the memories are that are most important to you? Because when we start asking people what they want to do, then it's just a matter of calendaring and tasks and activities. And it's always going to be too much. Because face it, you're already busy. You already have a full life and calendar. So just by the sheer nature of the holidays being here, it's too much. Because now we're going to be adding shopping and gathering and whatever it is on an already full life. So don't ask about their ideas for what they want to do. And for the love of everything holy, don't go into a add more to the list uh, phenomenon. Because we can do that, right? We see this post for this thing that's coming up for the holidays. Oh, we should go do that. Okay, great. But make sure you take one or two things off the holiday calendar if you're going to be adding things. And that's why I just have found that it is so much better to start gathering information about how people want to feel first. Because if you gather the information and you find that people really want to feel more rested this holiday, this is the time to suggest that maybe we pair back on some of the things. So adding more decorations or more activities or more anything probably isn't going to be great for any of you. Because the more you try to add with your already busy schedule, then your stress level goes up. When are you going to have time for this? Then you start sacrificing sleep and it's just this snowball and not the good kind that we aren't going to enjoy. The other thing to remember is you are setting patterns and expectations for your kids and your family. And so 
(laughs) especially if you have little kids, be really mindful of the patterns and expectations that you're setting because you're probably going to be stuck with some of them forever. (laughs) I'm thinking about that elf on the shelf thing. Oh my gosh. I am so glad that wasn't a thing when my kids were little because do you all really need another task and a daily task and activity for the holidays? I know it may have seemed like a good idea, but I don't know, y'all. I wouldn't do it. If you haven't started it, I wouldn't do it. Okay. And some of you may come at me for it. It's fine. Everybody, everybody do your own thing. Everybody do your own thing. I'm just saying, oh God, it just seems like a lot. But anyway, you're passing on patterns and traditions that you're going to probably be stuck with for a while. And then your kids will do what we did and emulate those patterns and expectations. So if you're a stressed mess for the holidays, trying to keep it all together, and the kids don't realize how hard it is, they're just going to want to do that for their family. And you're just passing on stress to them. And that's just not nice. I think about how many times we wanted to change things in our family or how many um, rough conversations happened after I got married about whose traditions were going to win over the other family's traditions. And, you know, the best thing that you can do for your family is be the one that says, hey, I'm flexible. Let's, you know, let's try not to make it any more stressful than it needs to be. And not necessarily dig your heels in on tradition for the sake of tradition. (sighs) I'm just now remembering some of the stress and emotions and memories that made the holidays really hard because nobody was willing to give anything up. And it was, it was yucky. It was yucky, which ended up causing all kinds of fights and strife in my family and my marriage. And, And then I was just not happy, joyful, and enjoying the moment of the holidays. So whatever you can do to do less better this holiday season, I'm a fan. I'm a big fan. One of the memories that always sticks out for me for the holidays is, you know, we all stayed all night at my grandmother and my grandfather's farmhouse when I was little. And it was my uncles who were more like brothers to me and my parents and my grandparents. And, you know, my uncles would bring home anybody from the bar on Christmas Eve, gives you some insight into my family dynamic, that didn't have a place to go. And you would wake up on Christmas morning and there would be people that you didn't know. (laughs) Or maybe you knew them, maybe they showed up every year. But my grandmother always had, you know, extra little gifts, flannel shirts or candles, whether it was a boy or girl. Um, So everybody had a gift on Christmas morning. And so what I take away from that is the love and the gathering and the welcoming. And so my kids know that if they've got friends that aren't going home for Christmas, don't have a place to go, they're welcome. They're welcome at our place. And just let me know so I can make sure that they feel welcome. And so maybe it's a good time to say to your kids, hey, if you've got any friends that aren't going, maybe they're college and they're not going home for the holidays. And if you want to bring anybody home, you can. You decide what's best for you. But so what I took out of that holiday memory was make sure that you're 
home, your gathering is welcome for everyone. What I didn't want to take away from that is the details of it. Like we all have to stay all night at grandma's house because that was one of the fights that ended up in our family home for years. Where are we going to spend the, who's staying all night? And if we don't stay all night, then my mom was mad and it was just stress. It was bad. So take away the feelings and the love and the way you want to gather, not the details and the specificity of it. It just is becomes a competition because that's the stuff that that we pass down. The other thing that I remember about my Christmases specifically were they were so not Pinteresty. I mean, I got to eat chocolate chip cookies and milk for breakfast at my grandmother's table with a vinyl tablecloth. Now it was the Christmas vinyl. We've swapped out the yellow vinyl tablecloth for the Christmas vinyl tablecloth. And that was good, but it was not fancy. It was not all put together. You know what it was? It was comfortable. So when you're thinking about gathering, think about how to make it the most comfortable that you can. And so when I shifted from this hosting to gathering, I started looking around at my house and asking how I could just make it feel more cozy and comfortable so that when people came in, they wanted to just be there. And so instead of having things look all perfect, you know, I would just throw some extra blankets and throws around on the couches and the chairs just so it felt like, hey, snuggle up here just so people didn't feel like, oh my gosh, I'm af- it looks so good in here. I'm afraid to even put my cup down on this table because I don't want to mess it up. I wanted it to feel like home, like there was love there and it was a place that they could rest and be comfortable. I started to think more about who was coming and who they were and what their vibe was. So my father-in-law, ex-father-in-law, I guess, technically, he would be a part of the conversation at first. And then he wanted to kind of go off to himself and get away from the fray, if you will. And so I would think about like, what kind of book would I just have sitting down beside the chair that he usually would migrate to that he would just, could just pick up and read a few chapters of and, and, and enjoy. And I never said it to him. It wasn't like, here's your book assignment. And I think every single time he would pick it up and just start reading it. I would think about the teenagers or the preteens and just have games and things laying out that were easy to access. They were already laying out on the table in the basement, just something that people just grab and do. It wasn't an assignment. Hey, everybody, we're going to play this game at two o'clock. Like, you don't have to be all crazy about it. But if it's there, people will participate. Um, some of the I, people that more introverts that didn't want to play game. I'm not a big game player, P.S. I would have like colored pencils and things laying out with a little book there. If they wanted to just, while they were just sitting there, just pick it up and draw. Like it doesn't have to be fancy. And I just had them laying out casually. So it just felt comfortable. Just think about who's coming and what they might enjoy. Now, to that end, when we're talking about the food and whatever, you know, usually there's food, right? I learned from this art of gathering that people want to participate. And so when you walk into a place, you want a job to do so that you feel a part 
of the gathering, not like somebody is doing it for you. And so I would have a few things that still needed to be mixed up or stirred up or whatever that they could just, I could say, hey, can you stir that dip over there? Hey, can you put ice in the glasses? And the glasses were already out. And it just, I would think ahead of what are parts of this meal planning that I could easily assign? And if it was a little more complicated of a recipe or something, I might have like the recipe printed out or written out that just, hey, can you put that together real quick with all of the dishes that they needed to do it? So I didn't, I was also trying to prevent people from having to ask me a hundred questions that would tend to get my stress levels up. And when you give people a job to do, they get their hands busy and then they're less in their own head about whatever stress they had that day or whatever they were bringing into that space. And then people just start talking and laughing and it's just, it's a different vibe versus when everything's all together and people walk in, it's like, don't mess anything up. It's too pretty. It looks like a freaking pottery barn showroom in here. I've also done that. Don't, it, yeah. Better to just make it welcoming and you can make it beautiful and welcoming. Another tip about the food and what's happening, I hope that you're like asking people to bring things because that makes it easier on you. Because I used to not do that because I wanted to be so in control of everything. Y'all, I had some issues. That I thought I was being kind by not asking people to bring things, but people don't like that usually. Now, if somebody's got a lot going on in their lives, then please reach out to them and say, look, please don't bring anything. I got you. And it's not because I don't think that you're capable. It's because I love you. And I know you've got a lot going on in your life. Let me give you the gift of a pass and be intentional about how you communicate to those people about how much you love them. And this is a gift. So back to when people come in, I always had a container with a bunch of just, you can buy them at the dollar store, plastic serving spoons, you know, the ones, big spoons, with the long handle. Like you can buy those in like packages. Buy now. Go out now on your next trip out and get two or three packages of those and have those sitting out. So when people bring a dish, they've already got a serving spoon in this container that they can just grab and stick in there. Otherwise, they're going to be like, do you have a spoon? And then you're doing something else and you get interrupted and they feel bad that they're interrupting you. Listen, just take that off the table. <laughs> Actually, put that on the table. <laughs> And they're plastic. So throw them away when you're done. Don't wash them. Get more next year. Whatever. Make it easy on yourself. Another tip, something that you often get interrupted about, is the trash gets full or having access to the trash can. Y'all, it may not be pretty, but put a trash can where people can find it. I know your trash can is in a drawer somewhere in your kitchen, but it's probably in a place where if people come around, they're going to be in the way trying to throw stuff away. Ain't nobody got time for that. Excuse me, excuse me. Blah. Don't do that. Instead, just go to Walmart and get a basic white trash can and put it out where it's easy to find. And put two or three clean trash bags in the bottom of the trash can underneath the trash bag. So whoever sees that the trash is full and is kind enough to just lift up the trash and take it out to the garage or wherever, they see that the new trash bag is already in the bottom of the trash can and boom, nobody has to ask you for a trash bag. Nobody has to say, where's the trash? Yo, I went to a gathering after a funeral this summer at a family member's house and I 
kid you not, no less than 10 times people came in and asked the hostess where the trash was. I almost just went and got the trash can and put it like (laughs) out. But I was like, probably overstepping for that one. So just put the trash out, okay? Just make it easy on everybody. I know I get worked up about these things because I've hosted so many things that I know the things that used to just get me activated, get my nervous system activated. And I couldn't enjoy it because I was getting spoons and here's the trash bags and go to this and it was exhausting. And again, if you're stressed, then everybody is stressed. And that's not the vibe that we want for the holidays. Now, if in your reflection time, you decide that you might want to make some changes, but you're not sure, go back to the story framework that I recommend often here. And it's a really simple format. It says, I want to fill in the blank in order to fill in the blank because if I don't, fill in the blank. So it might go something like this. I want to pare back the number of activities that we have on the calendar this year in order to really enjoy the season more and spend more quality time and not feel so exhausted. Because if I don't, I'm passing on these traits to my children and I'm not showing up as the person that I want to be in my family. Could be one might be yours, might not. Another one might be, I want to shop less this year, (laughs) buy less gifts in order to enjoy the season more and not feel so overwhelmed with money and time. Because if I don't, I'm just passing on this expectation to my own children. That's what they need to do for their family. And I don't want this to be something that is a legacy in our family. See? Easy little framework that then lets you get at the heart of the matter. What are they, what really matters to you? And write it in a story format so that you can start to believe it. And then when you make these changes, you'll be completely on board for those. Here's a couple more. Next time you go to the store, go ahead right now and stock up on a ton of Ziplocs in the bigger sizes or Gladware, whatever, leftover containers. (laughs) A great thing is to be able to give people some of those leftovers and send them home with their favorite thing and be thinking about what their favorite thing is. You probably know somebody loves that Jello salad. Somebody else loves grandma's stuffing. I don't know what it is, but you do. And just be ready to to hand a little bit of that for them as they leave and say, I know this is your favorite. And then they don't have to ask. You've already thought ahead of some of those things. And another thing is think about who's coming that honestly could use the leftovers because money's tight. And don't make a big deal about it. Don't make it weird. But just be intentional about making sure they they go home with a little extra of something. Even if it means you made a little extra just so you knew that they would have more to take home. Think about the the single people in your family. Give them a little love. The 20-somethings in your family that budgets are tight and they're scraping by a big old bag of turkey leftovers could just be their lunches for the week and save their budget. Leftovers are an easy way to show people that you love them because you already got to be cooking it anyway. Just be ready to hand it out. (laughs) And you don't need to be just having your freezer full of all that crap anyway. 
Oh, I have another one for shopping if you have small children. Another tip. I know this is a little sporadic. I just, the ideas were flowing. When my kids were little and I was just shopping in between work appointments when I could, I then would sometimes forget what I had bought and then buy too much. And then I didn't have enough for this one, but too much for that one. It just got to be a thing. And so I went and bought the big plastic storage container tubs, but not clear. They have to be like, you can't see through them. And in my mind, I had a color assigned to each kid. So like Auburn's was green and Cameron's was blue, I think. I don't know. And as I would shop for things, I would throw whatever I bought into their assigned tub throughout the month, the shopping season, if you will. And they were hidden like up in my closet somewhere where they didn't look like anything that you'd want to snoop and try to find out what your Christmas was. And these were when they were little. And then I could, at a glance, see what I had bought and what was there. And one year, I took pictures of what I was buying and had a folder on my phone. And I would just drop the pictures into that folder so I could quickly scroll through and be like, what do I have for her already? And just scroll through and have that at a glance. You know, when you're busy and you're just trying to get it all done, any little tips and tricks that could make that easy. One of the other things that we implemented that now is a thing in our family, like I said, if you start things, they can become things. So make sure you start something you want to keep going. Each kid had their own paper. So Auburn's might have been Christmas trees and Cameron's might have been Santa's. Um, And so when they were little and Santa brought things, they would have a Santa letter that said, thanks for the cookies. Auburn, I wrapped all of your presents in Christmas trees and Cameron, I wrapped all of your presents in Santa's. And then they knew just to go and find the paper and I didn't have to write to the kid from Santa. Saved me a lot of time in the writing of the tags, but also because I figured out the Santa thing because Santa wrote like my mom. So didn't want that to happen. (laughs) Before I figured out the Santa paper part, I printed, I know, tags on like printer paper that were from Santa. That was a little too industrial. I didn't like that. But the Santa paper is a thing. And to this day, they're 22 and 25. They will come downstairs and say, which paper is mine? And it's fun now. It's a silly little thing that's become a tradition that makes it easy on me still to this day not to have to write out all of those tags. Gosh, I think that's all the tips I have for today. But the bottom line of this episode is start now. Start now thinking about how you want your holidays to feel. And even maybe assign two or three words that describe the holidays so that as you're choosing activities... You can choose them based on those feelings. If you want it to feel warm, if you want it to feel restful, or maybe you're in a different stage of life and maybe you don't have little kids and you want to do some adventures this holiday and you want to go ice skating or you, if you want your holiday to be more adventurous, maybe you want to take on some trips, some go to New York City and see Rockefeller Center. I don't know what your holiday season is but you do. Just take some time. Decide what you want it to be. And then as you're choosing, choose based on that intention. Get the family involved. It could be a really fun way for you to gather the expectations before you gather 
the people. Ooh, that was good. That was so good. We're just going to end it right here. All right. I'm going to come back next week with some tips on the business side of holiday season and what we can do for the whole team and for your work to prepare for the fact that it's going to get busy. All right. Love you, mean it. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode. I would love it if you would go to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and a review. And then you can go to RebeccaFleetwoodHessian.com and join the Badass Women's Council. And if you really want to take a deeper dive, join the movement of a thousand thriving women. There's amazing Thrive tools there for you today. Love you, mean it. I'm not coming down. Hey, y'all, fun fact. If you like the music for the podcast, that is actually my son, Cameron Hessian. And I would love it if you would go to Spotify and iTunes and follow him and download some of his other music. My personal favorite is TV Land. <laughs>